Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap, presented by Facebook. Today is Monday, June 22nd. U.S. air travel is up, the death rate from COVID-19 is going down, and we're focused on the next stimulus, or maybe even permanent stimulus. When the pandemic hit earlier this year, it seemed like a foregone conclusion that U.S. poverty would be one of the only economic numbers to rise. But then a funny thing happened. It went down. That's the finding of a new study from the University of Chicago and Notre Dame, highlighted on the front page of today's New York Times. The story also included a separate study from Columbia University, showing a slight increase in U.S. poverty rates from 12.5% to 12.7%, but still, that's pretty small considering skyrocketing unemployment. What both studies agree on is that the poverty numbers would have been much, much worse if not for the federal stimulus. Columbia's report, for example, said that the poverty figure would have hit 16.3% if not for the government's combination of personal checks, small business bailout loans, and expanded unemployment benefits. The problem, though, is that that stimulus... It's running out. Those checks of up to $1,200 were a one-time only thing. The small business loan application process? Well, that expires next week, and expanded unemployment benefits are done at the end of July. So going forward, the big question is, if stimulus worked to keep food in the fridge and roofs over our heads, will we get another round? Or maybe more to the point, could some pieces of stimulus become a regular part of the American experience, pandemic or no pandemic? This, in many ways, is the universal basic income idea, championed by Andrew Yang during the Democratic Party's presidential primaries. Now, he was worried about Americans losing their jobs due to automation, not to coronavirus. But the general principle still may apply. At least it seems like it could. In 15 seconds, we'll talk to Andrew Yang about if he thinks the federal stimulus was a good test run for UBI, his conversations with Joe Biden about endorsing the idea, and his latest plan for getting checks to individual Americans. But first, this. We're joined now by former presidential candidate Andrew Yang. A couple months ago, lots and lots of Americans got checks from the federal government of up to $1,200. From your perspective, was that a test case for UBI? It was because tens of millions of Americans got that check in the mail and they found it helped put groceries on the table, keep a roof over their head, and they liked it. And so we need to be doing more of that, Dan. The fact is that money in most cases got spent weeks ago and many, many jobs have not returned. We're talking about tens of millions of Americans who aren't sure whether they'll have a paycheck in the days to come. There's these two academic studies showing how the CARES Act basically negated the pandemic's impact on U.S. poverty rates. Did those results surprise you? We need to be doing more of that. And the poverty rate you're talking about, I believe, still 12.5 percent. And for many of those households, they're going to run out of money very soon. So the research didn't surprise me short term. The question is, what are families going to do in July, August, September when their money runs out and their jobs don't come back? But a short term boost is what you'd expect when you send aid directly to families. Correct me if I'm wrong about this, but your proposal back from the campaign, your UBI proposal was not a means tested proposal. In other words, if I make a lot of money, I would have still gotten the UBI just like somebody who doesn't. Obviously, the federal program from the CARES Act was means tested. Can you kind of speak to that? Do you think that the way it got done is better than the way you proposed doing it? Were it to become a perpetual thing? I talked to a woman who owned a restaurant and her tax return from last year made it 
so that she did not qualify for stimulus money. But she's in a really tough spot now. She needs the money now. And she said, how am I getting excluded for the fact that I had a good year last year and my restaurant now has zero in business or close to zero. And she still was trying to help employ her dozens of workers. So to me, anything that we send out to Americans is a good thing. I would not have means tested it. I would have clawed it back later if it turns out that someone didn't need it. We could always just take it from their 2020 tax returns. And the big frustration that many people have is that they say, oh, people are getting paid more not to work than to work. And that's because of the way we designed this aid. We used it to ramp up unemployment benefits. If we made it unconditional, then people would be able to look for work actively while still feeling secure in their ability to survive. When you look at the political reaction to the CARES Act, a reaction might be the wrong word, but the way that both Democrats and Republicans talk about it, both sides seem to take pride in the CARES Act. It was a bipartisan bill. I think both parties seem to think it worked, even though they have disagreements over what comes next. Does that give you any sort of kind of glimmer of hope that UBI could become more possible? Or do you think that this was simply, from Congress's standpoint, an emergency one time, maybe two times sort of thing, not anything that would become the standard operating procedure? If you look at surveys right now, you find that somewhere between 65 and 80 percent of Americans, including a majority of both parties, favor emergency cash relief for the duration of this crisis. And we have to face facts. Cases are going up in many states now. We're going to be in this crisis until there's a vaccine, which is not going to be for months Legislators should listen to the American people and put cash into people's hands for the duration. I hope that they see reason. There are two bills that are in Congress right now that, in my mind, are common sense. It would support the families that need it, but also the economy writ large. And the vast majority of the stimulus funds from the CARES Act went to big companies. It's time to reverse that and have it go to people. That's what most Americans want. To me, any member of Congress that does not listen to the people on this, they're going to eventually find out at the ballot box that they should have been helping people. Speaking of the ballot box, you endorsed Joe Biden back in March after you left the race. He has not, to my knowledge, at least publicly embraced the concept of UBI. Have you discussed this with either him or the campaign recently? And is there any reason to believe that he has moved at all on that? I have talked about this with Joe. And what I'll say about Joe is that he and his team are pragmatic open-minded and solutions-oriented. They also have a sense of just how deep and dark a hole that we're in. And so they're looking at any of a range of proposals that can help us dig out of this hole. They're thinking bigger than I think they were just a number of weeks or months ago. Is that a yes? Is there actual movement? Could you see Joe Biden accepting the nomination in Milwaukee and saying publicly he is for universal basic income? I think that Joe is willing to consider all solutions that are going to help the American people. And I think that universal basic income is going to continue to be front and center for months and months to come. Well, I have you, in addition to UBI, there's another way that you have been talking, particularly in the last day or so, about Americans getting paid, not by the government per se, but by big tech companies that use our data. In short, what's the proposal you're putting out there? Facebook, Google, the giant tech companies are profiting to the tune of tens of billions of dollars a year off of our data. And if someone's going to get paid for our data, shouldn't it be us? 
We're starting a new effort, the Data Dividend Project, ddpforall.com, to activate our data rights and make sure that if anyone gets paid, it's us. I'm happy to say that California and Nevada already have laws on the books that will enable us to fight for consumers. And we're going to have those laws hopefully set a standard for the rest of the country. So if you want to get paid for the use of your data that's worth tens of billions of dollars a year collectively, Go to ddpforall.com. Let's get us a data dividend. Andrew Yang, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Welcome back. What we're watching is Albertsons, America's fourth largest supermarket chain, which expects to go public later this week at an enterprise value of around $19 billion. Why it matters is that this IPO reflects how grocery is one of the few American sectors doing better today than it was before the coronavirus hit. You know, because so many of us have been eating at home instead of eating out. For Albertsons, whose brands include Safeway, that means a same-store sales spike of 47% in March and a 21% surge in April. We're also watching Unsubscribe, a 29-minute horror movie shot entirely on Zoom. Okay, actually, we're not watching it, but we are reading about it because Unsubscribe managed to top the national box office despite a budget of, gotta check this, zero dollars plus a script written in just one day. So how'd they do it? Uh, according to a BBC interview with one of its creators, they rented out all of the seats in a single theater for three showings of their film. But since almost every other movie theater is closed, those rental fees essentially turned unsubscribe into the weekly box office champion with a take of about $25,000. And finally today, we are watching the Apple Watch, which now will track how long you wash your hands. Apparently, it can listen for water coming out of the faucet and even offers a hand-washing coach. Yeah, a coach. Well, I guess all those pro sports folks need something to do while they wait. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a great National Onion Ring Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.